today's content was on a topic that as I was reading through course materials and watching videos, I just could not wrap my brain around. And it was how to read a micrometer. It is just dials and lines and numbers that didn't make any sense to me. A lot of math. And I was really frustrated by it as I was studying. But today I got to hold one in my hands. I got a really good understanding I think of how they work to the point where I was able to actually show one of my classmates okay this is how you should be reading it and this is what we're looking for and tried to break it down into language that I understood in hopes that he would also understand it too and I also just like really appreciated that he was willing to like work with me on that right where again like we're a cohort we're supporting each other through it so I really appreciated that he was willing to come and talk to me that he recognized I was somebody that was gonna be down to like show him what to do and and help him out with that and my hope is that we'll all show up in a couple days have this homework assignment knocked out and we can finally move on to more like hands-on stuff and and start doing some stuff in the shop You're listening to Thick Skin, and I'm your host, Alicia Crawford. This is a podcast about women, transgender, and non-gender conforming people working in the skilled trades. Welcome to part three of our four-part documentary. We're chronicling Aaron's bold journey into a career in automotive and diesel mechanics. When we last heard from Aaron, they were super excited, having just begun in-person classes. Also, Aaron had decided not to broach the subject of their trans identity, and instead opted to use the name Michael while in the mechanic's classroom and garage. Let's take a listen and find out what's happening. Do you ever walk out of something and you're filled with excitement and energy And you can't help but give yourself a little fist pump because you know that you've done well and you know that you've you've done what you set out to do. Today was one of those days. It's Monday, March 1st, 2021. I am officially unemployed. I worked my last shift at my previous job um, and I am officially switching careers, heading toward mechanics. Today, we got out into the shop more, learned how to do repair orders, and it became increasingly evident that my instructor sees me as somebody who is doing well, who's, you know, making myself stand out, showing that I am here, I want to do this, and I'm taking this seriously, and and said that he would give me a recommendation hands down, uh, if a job came up that he felt like I was qualified for and and ready for. I started this program thinking that I wanted to do light duty automotive uh, mechanics, but I've really connected with his instructor. I've gotten more advice from other people who are in the industry, and I'm really thinking about switching over and doing heavy duty and, and diesel mechanics, in part because it pays a lot more, and I could definitely see myself being able to support myself and you know, eventually a family, I think would be really cool. But, you know, finding that stability in a skilled trade, doing something that not a lot of people who aren't men do, like, not that I necessarily 
identify as a woman. I don't identify as a woman. But you don't see very many women in the industry. And you certainly don't see a lot of trans and non-binary people uh, in the industry. I'm just so excited to to be here and to to be doing all of this, to be making these these positive changes in my life, to be doing something that a year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, I would have never even considered to be an option for me. And I'm so grateful for the people who've helped me along this journey, but also really proud of myself for sticking to my guns and and not giving up and not giving into that imposter syndrome that's still there, but it's getting quieter and quieter. So yeah, really amazing day. In this next entry, Aaron confronts an old arch enemy and then gets pretty comfortable with living in some in-between spaces. Today is Wednesday, March 3rd, 2021. Imposter syndrome was a really big barrier for me to overcome when I started this program. And I talk about it a lot because it is probably one of the main anxieties I have when I think about not only this program and being in this trade, but when I think about continuing my career in this trade is that idea is that I'm not good enough. I don't belong here. I should be someplace else. And for me, it it chews me up. It makes me sick to my stomach. It really messes with me. It gives me a lot of anxiety. And there's been times in my life where I've let that stop me from doing things. This is one of those times where I easily, easily could have said, you know what? I got no business being in this classroom, being in this program. And I could have been done there before I even started. I'm now five weeks into this program doing an accelerated course and... I think if anything, of all the content that we've gone over, of all the things that I've learned, is that the imposter syndrome, I won't say always, but I'll I'll go nine times out of ten, is a lie. Absolute lie. Because I am holding my own with the guys in that class. Holding my own with the people who grew up with cars and trucks, who've been working on them for years, some their whole lives. Some of them are currently working in shops. And I hold my own. I show up to class each day, show up on time. I do the reading. I do the work. I research the things I don't know. And I can do just about anything my instructor asked me to do. I think of what it would have been like had I listened to that voice, listened to that anxiety, that sick feeling in my gut that told me I didn't belong here and I should go home. If I'd have listened to that, wouldn't be in this class, wouldn't be having fun, and I wouldn't be starting an apprenticeship soon, working in a shop, learning even more, and getting paid to do it. And now here I am. 
And I'm really glad that I made that decision. Really glad that I didn't give in to that voice that even on days where that voice was really, really loud, I told it to F off or flipped it the bird. And I marched right into that classroom, sat down and listened. Today is Tuesday, April 13th. The next hurdle that we were gearing up for was interviewing for and then beginning the -the on-the-job training component. So the way that it was set up is there's four of us in the class. We interviewed with two companies and we were told that two people would go to one company and two would go to the other. So I interviewed with both uh, companies and the interviews themselves were were very different. One was over the phone, one was on Zoom, one was a lot more technical questions, the other was more, you know, tell me a little bit about yourself and and why are you interested in, in this. Both were overall pleasant, but didn't leave me feeling optimistic um, about anything. But it was my understanding that it didn't really matter kind of how much we knew going into these interviews. They didn't expect us to know very much. They didn't expect us to have any experience that it was just kind of gauge where we would be starting at so that they could get a sense of what level of training we would need once we were there. Unfortunately, that's not the way that it turned out. I found out the following week that I didn't get accepted into either paid training position, which was disappointing. And that bothered me for a couple of days. I laid down and and kind of wallowed, uh, if you will, and, and was kind of feeling sorry for myself and was feeling doubt and was feeling insecure, but was also feeling angry. Because my understanding was that I didn't need to worry that they were going to find me a spot and then come to find out that they didn't find me a spot. And I still don't don't have a spot. It's been several weeks now and there's no word, no update on when or even if they'll be able to find me some paid training somewhere. I cannot leave my future in the hands of somebody else. I appreciate the assistance. I know that I need assistance and support from other people, but this is one of those moments where push comes to shove and I'm going to have to take things into my own hands. And so that's what I decided to do. So I reached out to some folks, trying to get some advice from other people, people I knew in the industry. Uh, people who used to be in the industry and left and just tried to get a little bit more input about, okay, what do I do next? And I got some really great advice from people, from women who were or are in the industry, from queer folks. You know, I found some other trans and non-binary folks who offered some great advice and also just were there to offer a reminder of, I know who I am. I know what I'm capable of. And not to let these these two interactions sidetrack me. Put it out of mind, keep moving forward, 
keep what I want to do clearly in focus. Coming up, Aaron has to get resourceful and muster up the most incredible amount of courage to circumvent this epic fail of the on-the-job training program. What I ended up doing was just looking up some of the body shops and and repair shops and and garages in the area uh, close to me and calling them or looking online just to see if they were hiring. What I found is a lot of the dealerships would have jobs posted in, in their online applications and then more of the independent shops usually didn't have an online careers page. So I found myself calling, you know, four, five, six places and just saying, hey, this is me. This is my situation. This is what I want to do. Here's why and here's what I can bring to you. Do you have a spot for an intern, some part-time help, something where I can come in and get a little experience, get some training, but also be a help to you and, and to your team. And there were a lot of people who just flat out said no, which I expected. Didn't feel great, but there were some folks who didn't say no or who said maybe and then didn't get back to me. But there was one place that, that said yes, almost immediately said yes. And they turned out to be a garage that's about five minutes down the street. And they called me in for an interview the same day. And one of the things that really stuck out to me about this particular garage and, and this particular person, the, the owner, is even in our very first conversation, there's a part of applying for a trade and walking into those spaces and into those conversations as a, as a trans or gender non-conforming person. And, and I've experienced this my entire life, even before I knew that I was trans or, or non-binary. There's always this, this moment that it varies in length depending on the person where they kind of, there's a sizing up. There's a trying to figure out who and what you are and what is the language that accompanies you. And it's usually the individual decides for themselves. They make their assessment and they decide that, yep, this is a this is a man or this is a woman or this person makes me uncomfortable or this is fine. All sorts of outcomes, but I always see it. I, I've learned to recognize this look. And there's usually a head tilt and kind of a side eye and a moment of almost skepticism that you see on their face. And I saw that from him. And I was ready for that exact moment for the conversation to just take a left turn and, and to never hear from him again. And instead, what happened is he gave me that look and he said, what are your pronouns? And it took me a moment because never, ever, 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 ever in the history of interviewing, applying for any job, ever, anywhere, even in jobs that were for nonprofits and were supposed to be LGBT friendly and were run by LGBT people and the interviewers were LGBT people, um, never had they asked me what my pronouns were. And yet here was this, this cisgender heterosexual man taking the time to ask me, what are my pronouns? And so I told him, and he said, okay, cool. He's like, yeah, I, I think it's important to know. And he said, it's not my place to judge. It's my place to, to help people and to build community. And that's what I'm here for. And that's part of what my business is about. And it just gave me this really great feeling of calm 
and ease so that no matter what the outcome of that interaction was going to be, you know, and at that point, I wasn't even really sure that I, I was going to get it. I had an equal chance of him calling me back and saying, you know what, actually, it's not going to work out. Fortunately, it didn't turn out that way. It turned out he did bring me in. But I was, I was just blown away. And there was a moment of, you know, not even recognizing, like, oh, he's asking me. He's asking me this question. Um, so it was really wild. And, and I'm just so, so grateful for, for the opportunity and, and for the chance that he took on me. Yeah, and I've been having a blast going in and, and doing anything from lube work to, to changing tires to doing brakes and spark plugs. And I'm really hopeful that it'll pay off. He's already said that anytime I need a reference, you know, anything like that, it's been great. I'm really grateful to have his support and his training and now his recommendation. And I am thrilled to see what happens after this. Thank you so much, Aaron, for sharing this with me and for sharing this with our listeners. And thank you listeners for tuning in. Next time in part four, the final installment in this documentary, Aaron nears the finish line and explores options for full-time work. Tune in to part four to hear how Aaron's journey continues. We'll catch you next time on Thick Skin. This show is produced by me, Alicia Crawford, and original music by Eric Corson. And special thanks to Francis Maddie, my social media maven. Follow us at Thick Skin Podcast. Hashtag Women Trades Podcast. That's women with an X. And extra huge thank yous go out to all of the donors who make this show possible, especially the Crawford Family Trust. Thanks for listening to Thick Skin.